I swear. Wrestling Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the A Square Circle Wrestling Podcast and we are celebrating one year. Yeah, we think so, don't we? Yeah. Well, we don't think so. We're like, so this is episode 51. Okay. And there was one episode we didn't put out. Yeah, but there's also an episode, we, an missed episode we missed completely. So we were actually one year ago to... Well, I think we put up our first episode, did we not, a couple of days for last year's Global Wars? Yeah, which would have been, which was November 9, 10, so like, uh, would have been last week. Yeah. Okay, last so a week, week behind, but we're celebrating, we're celebrating our birthday. Better, better late than never. Happy birthday to us. Yep. Happy birthday. Have you noticed how, like, it's become almost a musical outlet for me over the last few weeks as well? Yeah. Oh, we can do that. What? Our wrestling challenge game. Oh, yeah. So we don't have a topic this week, but we're just going to... Yeah, we... We're going to STS again. Yeah. Shooting you know what that the means. Yeah. Yeah. S O L. Yeah. S O L. Yeah. So that was obviously a catchphrase in WCW towards the end of WCW's run, right? For yeah. natural born thrillers. And uh and they used to be like Kevin Nash, wasn't it? And Mike Sanders. And they yeah. were like, You're just S O L and you all know what that means. Wah, wah, wah. Right? Yeah. Never knew what it meant. Never knew what it meant. Yeah, I think Did you? No, I didn't know what it meant either. So there you go. So, just in case you're confused by what we're telling you when we're STS... You're shooting the shit. What? You didn't... <laughs> well, we are. Well, I think you saw ten times last week. Oh, yeah. We're going to get an explicit symbol next to our name on iTunes. Are we? We don't need that. Absolutely not. It's because you're a potty mouth. Everyone knows you as a a potty mouth now. Um, so, uh so yeah, as we're saying, a year in, um, and we finally ran out of topics, haven't we? Well, we haven't run out of topics. We've got a few more topics to <laughs> discuss. But if you have any suggestions for topics, um, if you would like to let us know, that would be absolutely wonderful because we could use some some more ideas, some inspiration. Yeah, yeah. And like we have a few topics we can talk about, but like I feel like there's a couple which I would really, because obviously, as you know, we kind of do this on the fly, um, and we have a lot of help due to my hoarding nature, the fact that I never delete my wrestling emails. So I can look back across my entire history of my wrestling life. As long as you sent me an email, I've got that information. So, you know, you can't uh, you can't be BSing me on facts and stuff because I can look that stuff up. Um, but really, I'd like to do... There's a, there's a couple of topics that I feel like to do justice to, we need to do a bit of research on. Yes, and that um, was actually what we were going to try and do today, wasn't it? A couple of, we came up with a couple of different topic, topics um, that we ummed and ahed about for an hour or so, trying to think up of good examples um, to match those topics. Should we tell people what those topics were going to be? Uh, yeah, let's talk about those. Yeah, cause our big what, here's big what you could have won. Well, no, it just means we're going to do it another day. So we've got. So the topic was gonna, one of the topics was going to be people who made it you never thought would. Yeah, that was going to be one. We were going to do uh, things that nearly happened in wrestling, not from our personal perspective, not like, oh, Bret Hart nearly joined WCW. <laughs> <in."> <laughs> yes. Remember that one? Um, but yeah, we were going to we were going to do that. We like to break kayfabe, don't we? 
So we were going to... Sometimes. Yeah. So we were going to pull back the, the third wall. Mm-hmm. And we're going to let you know. Fourth wall, I think. Well, the fourth wall. I was thinking, yeah. yeah. Pull back the fourth wall and let you know exactly what's what. But uh, that's... Uh, but we know, we know we've been let down enough times that there's plenty more on the list that we can think of. Yes. And, so. and there's, a f- there's a few good ones as well. So I'm looking forward to telling those stories. Yeah. Um, didn't want to do anything which where we could have been threatened of bullying the trainees, did we? Okay, in like terms of... Sensitive, in terms of topics, because everyone's sensitive. So like when we um, we say stuff and they, they then turn around and be like, well... Yeah. I and we... We did ask Marty if he'd do the podcast as well, didn't he? Yeah, they? she refused, yeah. Be ducked and dived. Duck, yeah. dive, dip, dodge and dive. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and now he's on a plane to Australia, I believe, so he won't be doing that one. Yeah. But, I mean, we've never done him any favours before, have we? So no. It's not like he owes us anything, is it? Yeah. So. I looked after him in Bulgaria. How did you? If I wanted to beat him up. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, actually, yeah. Uh. Uh, yeah, so anyway, we're just going to SO, uh, I keep wanting to say SOS, but it's not SOS. No, we're going to STS. We're going to STS. So let's talk about Andy. Oh, well, let's do the game. Let's do our game. Oh, hang on. We There's so much stuff we need to do before we get started. Well, we, we, we can't do like a weekly, um, you know, how are you, how are you, because that's kind of what the whole website is going to be about. Oh, but I thought we were at least, the very least, going to be like, well, what have you been up to this weekend? Yeah, but I kind of feel that's what the whole, this whole bit. website is going to be about. I thought that was, I thought that was our bit. Well, our uh, whole bit is going to be what you've been up to. We've got some good, well, a couple of interesting stories coming out of um, the weekend shows. Um, but before we get there, it's time for Andy and Andy's 30-week wrestling challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well done. It gets worse and worse every week. <laughs> right, what week are we on? We always forget. Uh, so we've done our favourite promotion. Mine was Revolution Pro Wrestling. Mine was WWE. Uh, f- week number eight. Favourite manager. Uh, okay, favourite manager. Ooh, this is a tough one. You've got so many good ones. You've got so many of like the. Oh, I'd say Bobby the. You know, everyone would say Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, but Joe, you know who jumped in my head instantly? Who? Slick. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think I know why because. The first WF videotape I ever watched was Survivor Series the 88, and he played an integral part in the main event. Do you remember he uh, handcuffed Elizabeth? Did he handcuff Elizabeth? Hogan was handcuffed to the post, maybe? Yeah, I'm sure Haku ended up super kicking at Slick, and Elizabeth got the keys back. That's what it was. And the song, Jazz Soul Brawl. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do you know a funny story about Slick? Yes. Well, it's not really a funny story at all. Obviously, I've I've been listening to the uh, Mike Tyson autobiography. I finished it now. Really good. But he, when he got wi- married to his last wife, yep. he said, I got married to someone <laughs> that looked like Slick from the WWF. <laughs> really? right? yeah. And they said, uh, uh, they said, where have you been? And, they, and he was like, oh, we've just been married. Who married you? Slick from the WWF. Oh, <laughs> well, oh, it actually was. Actually, no, it wasn't him. But he said oh. he looked like him. But like he, uh, <laughs> okay. but he referenced that. That's Didn't what he told really? everyone. He got told everyone he got married by Slick from a WWF. Oh, terrific. So I, I thought you said a... he got married to someone that looked like Slick. No, like the Mike woman Tyson looked like Slick. Okay. Like slick, would he? I mean, he's a good-looking man, but um, 
<laughs> but was Slick not a? He, was he not a minister or something? He was, yes. And my, so maybe Mike Tyson really was married by Slick and just, uh, <laughs> he just didn't, didn't realise. Oh, he was just like, oh man, you look, you look like WWE. Oh, he probably didn't want to say it to him, did he? He didn't want to embarrass yeah. him. But he's like, oh, thinking in his head, that looks like WWF. Yeah. I think it's tremendous that Mike Tyson knows. I know Mike Tyson was a self-confessed wrestling fan, but you kind of think that a lot of these people who say they're wrestling fans when they're in their 30s sort of... You know, Mike Tyson was a world-famous megastar, like the box, top box office pay-per-view draw at the time when Slick was managing Akeem and the Big Boss, man. You'd think he wouldn't have time to be watching. He did a lot of stuff, though, didn't he? Yeah. But if you, yeah, his autobiography is very eye-opening. Okay. I'd recommend it to anyone. Um, so that was you, Slick. Yep. How many world champions did he manage? It doesn't matter. He, was j- he sang Jive Soul Bro, with j- Jive Soul Bro, who m- what must be... Considered one of the best wrestling tunes ever. Jabs, old bro, and you always lie to your friends. You know? This was, no. Yes, no? Do you serious? You don't yeah, know that song? Serious. Pathetic. And it's definitely not It's definitely not the best song. It is. You listen to it. Uh, okay. To go on, who's your favourite manager? Oh, I'm torn because I loved Bobby the Brain Heenan, like, legitimately loved him. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I always remember his. Uh, Weasel suit match. I know he obviously had done many in his career, but the famous one is obviously the one with the Ultimate Warrior, um, which is on that Ultimate Warrior VHS. And uh, okay. do you know how I got that VHS, that Ultimate Warrior VHS? Go on. Um, Uncle Charlie. I guess he was actually great Uncle Charlie. Um, he was. Uh, he only passed away a couple of years ago, actually, but he was very old. Even when like, I remember him being very old <laughs> when, uh, you know, when I... When I was young. He had a good innings. Uh, he did have a very good innings. He liked cricket as well. Always used to wear like a real nice um, like trousers, shirt. He always had a pair of like white trainers. Oh, okay. He always wears trainers. He was trainers. a chaff then, was he? No, he'd always look nice, but like he'd always have trainers on. But I th- think it's because he, li- he actually lived in Barking. <laughs> right. And he used to get the train down to my nan's. Well, and he just... Yeah, so you, where did you get this video? So he bought it so for So he you, bought it? it for me, but it wasn't... But the, the actual... So you got it from Woolworths. Um, but do you remember when sometimes, I don't know if you will because you're obviously a little rich boy, but sometimes Woolworths... Not true. Uh, well, you were. Okay, whatever. But all I'm saying is uh, you may or may not remember this, but they used to do um, kind of with VHS tapes. Um, so, again, when you used to have VHS tapes, you used to have they never used to put the actual video cassette in the case, right? You just have the plastic case yeah, on the shelf. Yeah, they'd have all the videos behind the and counter. And the videos behind the counter, and they'd open up a, uh, yeah, a yeah, drawer. Yeah, they did, They'd yeah. have the keys. They'd open up the drawer, and they'd... That must have taken up so much space. Space and time as yeah. well, right? But like, like with DVDs, there's no space at all, really, yeah. is it? They're just discs, obviously. But still time. Can yeah. you imagine the time of, like, <laughs> you know, like, oh. Yeah. And, like, you know, the worst thing ever was when... And from time to time, it would happen. You'd pick out a VHS tape, especially when they were on the sale. Because, like, I only ever used to get the VHS tapes when they were on sale, right? Um, and uh, especially when they were on sale you'd often take the cassette, the box to the, to the desk and the lady would be like, oh, I can't find it. Yeah. And you'd be like, well, do you want me to come, you'd be like, do you want me to come and check? Because it's <laughs> obviously there, isn't it? Yeah, like, I really yeah. want to see, I really want to see this, um, this wrestling event we have here. Um, and anyway, um, because of that, there were times when you'd have like, um, they'd, they'd actually put the VHSs in the actual boxes here and they'd just write on the, you'd have like a, it would just be like a white, cover with red with red so it had no cover you're saying no cover no so we just had the vhs okay cassette 
Um, yeah. And it used to get super discounted rate mm-hmm. because it would just be for people who wanted to j- j- watch it. Yeah. And it was just like odds and sods. It was clearance, wasn't it? So yeah. I have a similar story uh, for you who wanted to start again. You probably don't remember, but I do remember. But, well, go on. So, so, go point, on. so the point I was making was like that Weasel Suit match was on that Ultimate Warrior okay. wrestling tape, which I got from Uncle Charlie, which was one of those. So you fell I, never in love the, I never had the cover for it, which was exciting. The first time I watched it, it was super exciting because I didn't know what the match listings were. <laughs> yeah, but that so was good. Actually. Could have been anything. Yeah. Well, mine's just a similar thing. I, I, I almost must have been having like a massive clear. Maybe it was exactly the same time. You know, period, I mean. But, and Well, I so they used to do this like periodic. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I remember. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember they had all these videos and none of them had any covers. And do you remember the Silver Vision videos used to have like a blue... A blue t- top. Blue yeah. top, yeah. Absolutely. And I saw a blue top and I was like, surely that's not a WF video. Do you know what it was? What? SummerSlam 89. <gasps> okay, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and the opening match, Brain Busters against the Heart Foundation. And I, I guess, I can't remember exactly, but I reckon I was 10 or 11 at the time. And I think that's the first time I ever watched a match and knew it was a good match. Oh, you little smart, Mark. Yeah, well, do you know what I mean? Like I said the other day, I, I didn't care about good matches. Like, a good oh, match. I cared the work rate in this one was phenomenal. Yeah, I just, I just knew they were having a good match, you know? Good competitive match. What was interesting was, I think the Brain Busters were the champions, and it was non-title, and the Heart Foundation still lost. Oh, wow. you think they'd just do it if they were no, going to lose anyway. keep them strong, innit? Show why they're champions. Mm. And I think Jesse Ventura said something along the lines of, it's going to be a long time till the Heart Foundation are in contention for those tag titles now. How wrong was he? Well, he wasn't wrong because it wasn't until a year later they <laughs> won him back. So, um, so I... Uh, yeah, so... My answer may well be Jim Cornette, though. Okay. Um, yeah, I just really liked him a lot. <laughs> we cut a hell of a promo. This yeah. is... Uh, I'm talking about... 90s Jim Cornette. Like 93, you mean? Well, yeah. Like when so obviously, when I'm talking about my my VHS times, so yeah. you're looking at late nine eight, late eight is probably about 89 WCW onwards. Yeah, is probably my is my memories of Jim Cornette, and then like yeah, like you say, 93 spokesperson for Yokozuna, Heavenly Bodies, into, uh, uh, Heavenly Bodies. I didn't. Re- I was never really into the Heavenly Bodies. Oh really? No. You should watch the Steiners versus Heavenly Bodies SummerSlam '93. Another good match. Just, just great work, right? <laughs> um, and you know how much that doesn't usually excite yeah, people. What a wicked match! Yeah, you're like muscles, mullets, and cool moves. That's a good one. Muscles, mullets, and cool moves. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's a, you've just named the next uh, Petersfield extravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> maybe power moves instead of cool power moves. moves. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe something beginning with M. I don't know, but yeah. Muscles. Mullets and mega slams. Yeah. Mega stars. And mega stars. Muscles, mullets, and mega stars. Smashed it. Well done. I'm going to have to go out mullet now. Because I think half Uh, the wrestlers that will be on the show are probably bald. um, You can grow a mullet even if you wanted to. Oh, you probably could because of the receding hairline from you. So, so have I told you what the barber said to me? He said to me, have I not told you? No. No. He said, have you ever thought about a hair transplant? I was like, what? (laughs) And he said, well... He said, you've got, lots, you've got plenty of hair at the back and around the sides, but it's coming back at the front. And I said, are you serious? Like, I, is it that bad? And he was like, well, he said, he said it's not that bad, but you, you could, if you move some of it, it'd look great. And I, actually, I considered it. I looked it up. Yeah. Yeah. How much is that going to set you I back? reckon it might have been about five grand. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But I imagine it's painful. Probably improve your overall appearance. Well, more. the guy did say to me, he said, they'll work wonders, though. He said, you wouldn't even know. Mm-hmm. 
So one day you'll walk in. I bet something's changed about you. Well, I've shed. Oh right, more hair. Mm. Okay, because I did buzz it off for a couple of months. No. Yeah, you told me you're going to grow it now. Yeah, I asked Lindsay try about and, it. Try and cling on to what you've got left. Yeah, I don't have like the Hogan. my hair actually. But I'm, I'm you the Hogan it. haircut. <laughs> like, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but if you kept growing your hair though, I think you could you could get the mullet because, like I said, like you'd have got the I've got plenty, got good, back plenty at the back and the and yeah. you know kind of the front the the middle section of your hair is mm. pretty healthy, isn't it? It's just a it's eating away at the sides. Yeah, isn't it? I think so. I asked Dan McGee about it once. I think he called it a widow's peak or something. Is that right? Yeah, he knows. He remembers mm. saying that, bullying me. Yeah. So all right. So, so but who are gonna pick? So you're I'm, gonna, one. I'm going Bobby with Jim Cornette. I'm going with Jim Cornette. Okay. Uh, no, I'm going with Bobby Heenan. No, Bobby Heenan. Okay. He's run with Rick Rude. Yeah, I liked, and he's just a com like I know he's more commentary than managing, but his overall commentary was wonderful. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Bobby Heenan. Okay, and uh, the Heenan family, you know, I love that stable. Yeah, yeah. So I, I never loved. Really I never loved that stable, but like, yeah, I know what you're I, saying. Yeah, yeah. You love like, to hate them. Yeah, and like because I think like with the VHSs again, you know, a lot of my knowledge and love was from through VHSs, and like. When I started watching, obviously the Heenan family wasn't really a thing because it was past that. But I liked the way that Bobby Heenan had like random teams. Like when when you watch the VHSs, you know, like one minute he'll be managing Haku and the next yeah. minute he'll be, you know, managing Andre and then the next minute... He'd be at like four or five times yeah. at WrestleMania, wouldn't he? Yeah. And I can remember when he wrestled the Red Rooster and I thought the Red Rooster was the coolest... Wrestle on oh, the planet. I bet you would. That's that's you all over. You haven't changed one bit, have you? You like even now you'd be like, oh, you know who's good? The Red Rooster. You know what a good gimmick is? The Red Rooster. <laughs> but he, that's the, you, 2018. The music, you like, the music and the way he did that thing with his head. Bruce Pritchard, I think, takes Mick out every week on his podcast. But I was think I was nine, nine, ten years old. I thought Red Rooster was the best. And you still would to this day. I can guarantee it. Well, he just works for the WWE as a head trainer. He can't be that bad, can he? So. Um. All right, so there you go. Slick and Bobby yeah. Brain. Who'd win the fight? Probably Slick. Yeah. Yeah, but that was Bobby he Bobby Heenan's thing, though. I'm not sure if it was Bobby Heenan who said it, but he always used he said he wrestled like a manager and managed like a wrestler. What about himself? Yeah. Okay. So, like, he was a tough guy when he was a manager, you know, mm. when he'd take the cheap shots outside the ring. Oh, I see, yeah. And yeah. then when it came time to wrestle, wrestle he'd wrestle like a manager, yeah, like yeah. a scared manager. I think that's yeah, a okay. good, that's a good yeah, analogy. Yeah. But managers are a dying art form in professional wrestling, aren't they? They are or they aren't? They are. Yeah. Well, I guess they're making somewhat resurgence. You've got Leo Rush on Raw. You've got Drake Maverick leading the charge with the AOP. Yeah, but still, you know, it's a comedy. They're, you know, they're part of the... Do you know what I mean? They're part of a gimmick rather than being, like, you know, like if you look at the the old managers back at, like, because obviously Paul Ellering was at the AO with the AOP in NXT, yeah, um, and he was the traditional manager in every sense of the word, and then they got rid of him, you know, when they got to the main roster, you know. But like, I look at like, you know, Paul Ellering and Bobby Heenan and um, the genius. Jim Cornette and the genius, yeah. and uh, who else was there? Do you know, like the Grand Wizard of Wrestling, yeah, <laughs> like you know. There was Mr. A Fuji, Harvey Whippleman. Yeah, you know there was just so many managers um, that were they weren't gimmicks per se, were they? They were like serious parts of the act. You know, extensions. Paulie Dangerously, another very yeah, underrated yeah. manager, like who I think would I I may challenge Jim Cornette on Bobby Bobby Heenan because I used to I used to despise Paulie Dangerously. Mm -hmm. I've been watching a. Him recently, actually, on the network, him and the 
when he's been managing Rick Rude again, coincidentally, I'm saying Bobby Heenan, Rick Rude, um, and he's just, uh, they were feuding with, uh, no, it wasn't Rick Rude, it was um, Steve Austin, it was uh, during the um, Dangerous, Alliance. Dangerous Alliance days, so what? Dangerous who? <laughs> All right, Sting, you worked with them for quite a, <laughs> a long Good period. Good year, probably. Yeah, and probably worked them at the, well, he didn't really do house shows in those days, did they, because... Uh, Poor attendance. Poor attendance, yeah. Um, but you, had, you did a good old program with them, Sting. Yeah. And this was in the lead-up to War, War Games. Games. And it was in the lead-up to War Games that, yeah. um, that I'd been watching. And uh, Steve Austin, the ni- Paul, Paulie Dangerously, had dressed up as a ninja, you know, that Ricky Steamboat used to accompany Ricky Steamboat to the ring. Okay. And he was wrestling Steve Austin as he was wrestling. The ninja come up on the... Uh, on the apron. No, it was Rick Rude he was wrestling. It was Rick Rude. And the ninja came up on the apron and uh, Paulie dangerously smashed him with the, you know, the old telephone. All right, cool. Yeah. So. so who is it then? Who's a ninja? No, who's your favourite manager? I think it's Paul Heyman. Okay. Because then, because then I look at his, he's got longevity as well, hasn't he? Because he has he's, got good longevity. Because he's uh, now the, the advocate of Brock Lesnar. He had that run with CM Punk as well, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, I'm going with Paul Heyman. Okay. Slash E dangerously. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. what I'm going with. All right. So we're going to... Uh, we'll move on now. We've got any other weekly features I've forgotten about? No, that's, the only, that's the only weekly feature we have. Okay. Um, okay. So let's hit what we've been up to. I, I just asked you a question. You didn't ask me a question. You said, let's hit what we've been up to. Okay. Well, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? Um, since we last recorded the podcast last Wednesday... Uh, I had a wrestling show in Southampton on Sunday. Um, I guess I was at the wrestling school on Saturday. I have literally no recollection of being there. I was there though, wasn't I? You were there. We had a show Saturday. Oh, we had a show. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah, we had a show at Buckland Community Centre on Saturday. I blanked it out. Yeah, <laughs> we had a show there on Saturday. Doing the old ring announcing. I was, you know, I was thinking, yeah, I'm good at this, aren't I? Why not? Put it back. Up, put put the uh, suit back on. But I, w- you the know, iron suit. Wow, I've got a bit of a spark about me, haven't I, when I do the ring announcing? Mm. Yeah, you have. Yeah. It was a spark that was missing from Southampton the next day, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, yeah, so Southampton, Portsmouth, and Southampton. Um, now, do you know what my favourite part about those two shows were? Tell me. Local jobs, weren't they, and That's true. Yeah. Nice early. and easy. Yeah, Southampton especially. I was like home by probably 8 o'clock, I think. Did you, do you know what you missed out on? The Indian. The Indian. Oh, that was good. That was lovely. Big team of us were there. Yeah, I saw the picture. I wasn't that jealous, actually. I don't think I saw the picture. Oh, I've seen the picture. Yeah. Ojmo. Yeah, he was it. there. He posted he it. He had to sit on a separate table. Did he really? Yeah, because when we got there. Still bullying him, are you? So, so it, what? Still bullying him. <laughs> so basically, it was uh, the the finale of the night's proceedings. The match was uh, myself and James Ty reprising the Iron Lions, tag teaming up with the Dominator Great O'Khan. We were taking on Dan the Man McGee, Joshua James, and the former Revolution Pro Wrestling Cruiserweight Champion Curtis Chapman. Within I don't know however many minutes of the match, Curtis Chapman gets thrown into oh, the it's corner. quite a ways through. Was it quite near the end? Yeah. Was it? Oh, yeah. oh, yes, of course it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Curtis Chapman gets thrown into the corner, takes it front first. Next thing I know, blood is pouring from the poor kid's mouth. Do you know what's really funny? Yeah. Well, it's not funny. None of this is funny. <laughs> 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 Just to make that perfectly clear. Um, but 
I looked down at my phone. So I was watching the whole show, everything, yeah. like everything I was and I was making notes on my phone, mm-hmm. right? So, but I kind of, I'm quite good at typing without looking, right? And I kind of looked down, right, just a split second. And I look up and I'm like, where's Curtis gone? Oh, like, oh, okay. Because yeah. like, he obviously smashed his face. Yeah. Sp- face so you must have seen the face smashing. No, because I carried on beating him up. It wasn't like immediate. Oh, so that's so basically that must be where I so like after the face smashing, that must have been so like the face smashing. I so either I didn't clock it, yeah, or that he'd hurt himself. Okay, or that's probably what I happened. Yeah, yeah, and but like I but I just looked down. I looked up, mm-hmm. and Curtis was gone. Yeah, and like I saw uh, someone who was with us, James Castle, was there, and I saw him, and he kind of got up and went out to the changing room, and I was like, oh. I wonder if Curtis is all right. And then I was kind of looking, and then I saw some other wrestlers like who were kind of there, kind of looking through the window. Like, so Curtis was gone by this point, and I was like, oh, he must be all right because otherwise they'd all be crowded around him. You know, sure. it turned out they were just heartless people. Didn't care. Didn't care. Yeah, but um, we, but we in the uh, the main event position, we knew the show must go on. So oh, you, what a workmanlike performance! Has. Oh, wasn't I it? Mean, you held that last sixty seconds together. It was more than sixty <laughs> seconds. Um, so, yeah, so Curtis got thrown into the corner. His face either hit the turnbuckle hey, or... Hey, Andy, this isn't chess. It's not, no, because mm. we don't like the expression. Funny enough, coincidentally enough, uh, Joey Ryan tweeted something just yesterday saying, I hate the analogy of it. it's not ballet. And ballet, I've never done ballet, but I bet ballet's bloody hard. Yeah, I bet it is as well, uh, yeah. And tough. So I would say and it's I, not, I know it's not hard, playing chess. I've seen, the, I've seen the film Mr. Nanny. Oh, okay. What's Nothing. that about? Joking, I know Mr. Nanny. I went to go watch that with my nan, funny enough. Yeah. With my nan, watch Mr. Nanny. I've only worked that out 25 years later. I think that was the second film I ever saw at the cinema. Okay, and what was the first? Slam Jam, Space Jam. Space Jam, that's weird because Space Jam came out after Mr. Nanny, so no, I don't think it did. Mm, million pounds as it did. <laughs> Space Jam was 96, Mr. Nanny was 93. Oh, so good three years you've kind of stuffed up by then. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. I definitely saw Mr. Nanny in the cinema, and I definitely thought Space Jam was my first film that I saw in the cinema. Maybe there was just such a demand for Mr. Nanny, they, no, they re-ran it. De- it. No, because I definitely watched it. What, what year was Jurassic Park? 93. Well, I watched Jurassic Park in the cinema as well. Oh, well, Space Jam isn't even close to being your first film. So what did I watch? What was the first film I saw in the cinema? Maybe then? Jurassic Park, then. I was sure it was Space Jam. Michael Jordan, Bugs yeah. Bunny. Yeah, yeah, you've got the right film. <laughs> we're not debating the film. We're debating what you saw first. But uh, can I tell my story about poor old Curtis? Do you know that would be really cool if Mr. <laughs> Nanny? I'm gonna have to ask my sister, aren't I? Because uh, it'd be really cool if Mr. Nanny was my first, the first film I ever saw. Because mm. it's obviously a wrestling movie, isn't yep. it? So I bought the commemorative magazine as well. Oh, did you? Yeah, but from W. H. Smith opposite the Odeon in South End High. So Street. you saw the film and you thought, I need a magazine no, I got to go the with magazine it. First, I did think, you? Yeah. yeah. Spoilers. Well, it just had Hulk Hogan on the cover. I think it's got loads of wrestlers in it, isn't it? Yeah. Like, Brutus Beefcake. Yeah, Kamala. In a, he has a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kamala. He has yeah. a dream sequence. At the start, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, where he's getting beaten up by them all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ric Flair, is he in it? I don't know. I, I can't remember now. Uh, so anyway... Uh, Get that old. film on Netflix. There's a few films that should go on Netflix, isn't there? They should have a Hulk Hogan Suburban section. Commando. Yeah. That would have been one of my first films I saw the cinema. You saw that in the cinema, did you? Mm. mm. Thunder okay. in Paradise TV series. Yeah, maybe. I'd like to see what Jim Neidhart did in it. Um, what other Hulk Hogan ones could we get in there? No Holds Bars. 
they had a thousand of them in Poundland a few years ago. Really? Yeah. DVD or VHS? DVD. Oh, really? I, wasn't, yeah. I wish you'd picked one up for me. Well, I did. I just decided Sold not it. to give it to you, yeah. No, I think I gave it to the UK kid of all people, actually. He's yeah. like, I've never seen that. And I was like, oh, you can take it. You want bring it next week because you're on the camps. And, of course, never saw it again. So, so I won't hold it against him. I always remember the film, for the scene from No Holds Barred, where uh, they're lying in bed, you know, and he, 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 they split the room in half and they put the curtain between them and the bed. Okay. Okay. Remember when <laughs> Zeus came back in WCW? Do you remember that? Yeah, Z, Z, they called him Z Gangster, was it? Z Gangster, yes. So, uh, yeah, when he came back. No, that was fourth. I was into WCW then. Well, I've been re-watching all the WCW Nitros, haven't I? Yeah. It's a part of the worst... Was he in the Nitro, or was it? Was that 96? Um, he was in a... Yeah. We're obviously worst. not going to talk about Curtis Chapman anyway, so... Nah. Well, basically, um, Curtis lost a tooth. We wanted to put it in some milk to preserve it. One of the lads said, get some milk. And then someone said, well, where's the tooth? We thought the referee would have it. And then the referee apparently just kicked it out of the ring. Never saw it again. And I looked at Curtis and I was like, ah, it was one of your dodgy ones anyway, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's probably best it was, uh, yeah. saved you some money, if anything, hasn't it? Yeah. But well, I think he's going to get, I think he said he's going to get some braces now. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. Because um, people don't talk to us anymore, do they? We have to learn everything <laughs> via Twitter. <laughs> Apparently. Um, and then to celebrate, we never do this, to celebrate Curtis bit sat in A&E, bless his heart, with Sean, we all went out for curry. I didn't. I we never normally do that. Well, you're not allowed, are you? No, I was allowed. I, w- I just want to get back for my kids. Oh, yeah. What, 11 o'clock at night? Oh, I guess, well, Poppy sleeps straight through now, so I don't need to worry, but I bet Calvin's still up quite a lot, is he? Not really. No, no he's so far ahead of the other child on the planet. <laughs> he's quite an impressive kid. Mm. Yeah, I heard he was uh, impressing people at Jiggy Wrigglers yesterday. <laughs> well, it goes to jig- Jiggly Wrigglers. Yeah. I don't know if that's where it was yes, oh, he okay. was at yesterday. But he goes to all these classes and he's got more friends than his dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's not hard though, is it? Um, yeah. So, so what? So we finished talking about Hulk Hogan movies? or Have we? I don't know. Okay, Sunday. What did you do Sunday? Southampton Wrestling Show. Yeah. We were going to do a love of live on location, but we forgot the microphone. Yeah. Well, when I say I forgot the microphone, it wasn't until I got there. I said, why don't we do that? And then you said, well, I've got the microphone. So Yeah. So, there's another one you could have won. <laughs> next time. When's the next Southampton show? It's February 2018. Uh, I think it's the 17th, 17th maybe. But mm. check out revolutionprowrestling.com for more information on when we're next back in Southampton. So, yeah. I guess the Southampton show was a, it was a bit of fun, wasn't it? It was all right flowed nicely yes yeah. nice series of matches um obviously we really like to try and turn southampton into a bit more of a uh hot territory but you know you can only but try you can can't you yeah um so you say that like it was a complete washout it wasn't a complete washout no it wasn't a complete washout but i mean it was probably if i i'd, I'd like to really double the double the numbers that we had on sunday to you know make it again like i feel like the shows we've done there have been a good quality. I feel like, um, you know, the uh, I like the venue a lot. And I feel that it could become something where if there's enough support, it could it could become regular, a regular show like the London Cockpit, for example, where it's a monthly show with episodic storylines and, 
you know, and I think that's where everyone begins to prosper because all the, everyone, all the audience get used to the, all the characters. Um, I think that's the best style of wrestling, really, you know, where you can, um, you know, really start to come back regularly um, to a specific venue um, and have, you know, fans come month in, month out who, who are familiar with the product, familiar with the characters, familiar with the storylines. Um, and then you can start to have a lot of fun, um, you know, rather than being kind of, standalone shows per se which are you know they all fit in with the 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 rev pro universe i just wanted to say that um, they all fit in with the you know they all fit in with the rev pro storylines but you know it's uh it'd be great to be able to have like a pro like programs which happen at southampton specifically you know yeah yeah so because i mean realistically people from you venture to the cockpit every month probably aren't going to go to southampton every month no, and, uh, and 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 as a result, the fans at, at Southampton. I'm sure we do have some crossover, but um, you know, the fans who are at Southampton might not necessarily know about the storylines, mm. might not know about the characters. So, um, so yeah, and obviously, I know we can all watch it via rpwondemand.com, which is now available on Android and iOS and Roku. Um, so you can keep up to date. But you know, there's a lot of wrestling on in this world, isn't there? I oh, know, yeah, hell a lot, lot to wrestling. keep up with. Yeah. I mean, like a Survivor Series. Did you watch that? No. No. Did you watch it? Something. Was it good? Yeah. Like that Charlotte Ronda Rousey match. That was pretty s- exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll. Um. I think I'm going to give it a watch. Um. I've got a. Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of wrestling to try and catch up on, but I like to try and. Uh, yeah. By the time you caught up on it, something ten other things have happened. Yeah. It's like you just never catch up on but it. I think that's. A, I think that's a big thing. I mean, like I always, I've spoken about time and time and time and time again. I've probably said it countless times on this podcast. How you used to be able to trade off of, uh, you know, a good a good house for like a year. Yeah. You know, and I said like you know FWA trades off their British till uprising up, till shows. Uprising Two rolls along. Well, is it, but, but I mean, like they trade off those uprising shows. Like even now, after the promotion has been dead for however many years, you yeah. know. Um, but now it's like kind of. It's all about what do you do last week? What do you do last week? You know, um, and uh, but they've really been on a massive run, haven't they? <laughs> Evolution and Survivor Series, and if you were like a full-on WWE fanatic, you wouldn't have time to do anything else in your life, would you? No, because then they had like yes, obviously, yeah, they, and NXT the day before. Um, obviously, they've got their WWE UK show, two out of five live. Mm. So much content, isn't there? But it's kind of it's almost. Um, there's almost too much content, but isn't But your <laughs> numbers are creeping up, so that's quite a compliment. My isn't it? Numbers, your your subscribers. Well yeah. well, yeah, they are, but creeping is a... Yeah, but what a compliment. Do you know what I mean? Like, people could just watch WWE, you know, the industry leader. Absolutely, uh, yeah. And people are still going, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend my money on this. In fact, I met two people at the show on Sunday who I was talking to about, I think, Survivor Series, saying, are you going to watch Survivor Series tonight? One was at the bar, and actually one was one of the trainees. He said, oh, I don't have the WWE Network. I have RPW on demand instead. Oh, that's that was two people. Don't say that out loud. Just you'll have them sending their troops out, <laughs> won't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna squash you for your two subscribers. <laughs> you take off our table. Yeah, that twenty dollars. Mm. You take off our table. Uh, so yeah, but it's a it's a funny world, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So I saw an interesting twi- tweet. Uh, I d- I tre- I tweeted it myself. I retweeted from Doug Williams. Okay. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. And Doug Williams, uh, he he tweeted. Uh, so, for anyone who subscribes to the Wrestling Observer newsletter, which I do, I'm not afraid to admit it. I know you read all your <laughs> gossip secondhand on Rajar.com. 
Um, so he he tweeted a link to the 2000, I'd say 2005 Wrestling Observer newsletter. It's 2001. <laughs> my years. <laughs> wow, my <laughs> My years are just amazingly off this today, aren't they? Yeah. I got the, you know, Your timeline slam is jam wrong. 2005, Wrestling Observer. When, you know, when Doug Williams was in the best of, was it King of the Indies? King of the Indies, right. 2005, a, yeah. yeah. Which, <laughs> 2001, okay. And I remember that because at an FWA show, I think he was wrestling Ulf, and the FWA contingent, which was essentially Alex's trainees before like real punters started to come to the shows, uh, well, chanting King of Indies at him. I was chanting King of Indies at him. Do you know why I was chanting King of Indies at him? Because they were. No. Well, actually, that's a, that's a good good point. A lot of people did chant stuff because they did. Um, but no, the reason why is because... Um, he was in the King of Indies. He was in the King of Indies, but why did I know that? Tell me. Strong style tapes. Oh, uh, okay. The King of Indies, VHS tapes. Did you buy it that day? <laughs> I've got no idea. No. And it may even been been, been in Power Slam magazine that reported in Power Slam at the time. Okay. But like uh but yeah, I I um I had the VHS of the tape of a VHS tape of the show. Um which as we've discussed time and time again is one of the attractions of going to those FWA shows for me anyway. All, all wrestling fans would turn up black t-shirts and with a big backpack. The backpack would be empty at the start of the show, but it'd be full up by the end of the show. Um so I'd always, I'd always stock up on the, the strong style tapes. It's also where I discovered CZW and John Zandy, but there's a, that's another story for another day. But, um, but yeah, so Doug, he tweeted about that, that show, and he said it was years after that before um, you know he got his big break in Japan, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and I just tweeted something along the lines of, um, in fact, I'll, I'll read you my exact tweet, um, just because my memory's all shot today. I'm tired. I'm, I've had a bit of a cold, but... You know, anyone who listens to the podcast knows I'm often poorly, so nothing new there. Um, so I wrote, opportunities so often taken for granted these days, but it's guys like Doug that made these opportunities a possibility. I generally hope that in years to come, when we look back at these glory days of British wrestling, we don't forget these contributions. So, again, that, that lines up. Do you understand what I'm saying with that tweet? Or were you just reading your phone? Oh, quickly have a phone gone. Read <laughs> it. You're doing it right now, you hypocrite. Yeah, but, I, yeah, but see, I can do two things at once. You can't, clearly. Come on, so what does it say? I've just read it. Everyone listening knows, but obviously we can't have a conversation because you've not... Sorry for repeating myself, but unfortunately Andy wasn't listening to the conversation which is being, being had on this podcast, which I'm trying to keep together with the best of my ability. Um, so I wrote, opportunities so often taken for granted these days, but it's guys like Doug that made these opportunities a possibility. I genuinely hope that in years to come, we look back at these glory days of British wrestling and we don't forget these contributions. Yeah. Um, so do you get what I mean? 100%, yeah. Because Doug, Doug was like the first of the, of uh, of sort of like a new generation who who made British wrestling okay again. And, and, and the, 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 I think the point... In the I eyes of other people. But I, mean. I think the point I was trying to make is... Um, it's not so much that because yes, we know that Doug's one of the you know Doug is one of the few shining lights. Um, but um, I think the point that I was trying to make more so than that is the fact that today, with the the kind of the way that opportunities are handed out in terms of like again, it's kind of very much like when Paul Birchall got signed by WWE, it was like the biggest thing ever in terms of British wrestling. You know. Wow, someone from Great Britain's got signed by WWE. It's the first time since 
uh, British Regal. Bulldog or Regal, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but it's kind of like, oh my God, you know, like that was like a, a rarity. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but what I'm saying is for so many years, British wrestling was kind of shut off from the main, like the, the rest of the wrestling world, the international wrestling scene. Um, and and Doug Williams, obviously, he's the one who really, Doug Williams, Johnny Storm, Jody Fleisch, they were the ones that were responsible for breaking down those barriers. And more so Doug, because obviously he had that huge influential run in Noah when it was, uh, you know, the biggest company in Japan at the time, you know. Um, so, um, but the point I'm making is, so in, in Doug's thing, he said, you not only do you have to be talented, but you have to be patient and persistent. So he never gave up and he kept going, he kept pushing. Um, and there's so many people that I am that I see, and I'm sure you see as well, even, even at grassroots level at our training school, that aren't prepared to be patient and wait for the opportunity, that aren't prepared to um, be persistent and put the work in. And they're upset that it never happened for them yesterday. Um, when the reality of the situation is, the way it is today like the reason why they had that expectation of why hasn't my opportunity come why hasn't this come why hasn't that come is because people get these opportunities on such a regular basis these days sure um and i think that you know really if everyone takes a step back and is like wow i should be happy to be in this situation that i'm in now where guys get signed left right and center where there's an opportunity to make money outside of you know wwe where i can tour the world where I can have a match in England which is then seen by thousands of people worldwide because of how local the world is and then that gives me enough buzz to then go on elsewhere you know um, and I so I think it's very important that we don't forget the role that someone like a Doug Williams played because it wasn't easy for Doug to get to where we got to no like a Doug yeah I think Doug <coughs> had his first match in like 1994 yeah so like and he probably didn't even have a video camera <laughs> Do you know, in yeah. terms of like sending those are the days of still you're eight by ten. You know, send an eight by ten and try and get booked. Yeah, and I, I like. I don't even know how. I think when when I started booking wrestlers, you'd have to phone people up, um, or text people. Mm. <laughs> but you could only do so many characters in a text. Um, but like, ultimately, you then kind of went to MySpace. Yeah. MySpace was a place to book people before. Was it? Yeah. MySpace before before email really. MySpace yeah, was actually. I think. Um, the sh- the ill-fated tour I broke my leg on. I was booked on MySpace. Yeah, there you go. Well, especially international stuff. Yeah, MySpace yeah. was the was the one. Um, and what's also interesting as well, I saw Curtis Chapman. We were speaking about him earlier. Sorry, we brushed over you, knocking your tooth out <laughs> to talk about Hulk Hogan. <laughs> but I saw Curtis Chapman advertise for a show in I want to say July two thousand and nineteen. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh my goodness like because i think so for me like uh, so this time of year at the moment i it's a time of year where in in terms of preparation for stuff i'm i'm kind of looking ahead to my schedule for next year um i'm looking ahead to my schedule for next year in terms of dates and stuff right but like i remember back in the day when we used to book shows i'm sure you can attest to this and back me up on this but when we used to do the the the, sh- the shows we kind of used to book it month by month so we'd know where we were going mm-hmm. but like for example, like if you came to do a show in Orpington, for example, you'd do the show and it'd be like, next month's date is this date. So we wouldn't find out until the day. So, so what you're saying? Uh, well, I think maybe you you had a bit more notice than that, but it was like month to month. It wasn't like, yeah. it wasn't like here's a list for this year, here's a list for next year, here's a list. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like, you, yeah, yeah. here's, do you know? Mm-hmm. And like, uh, and and again, like it came as as it, as we kind of got on a little bit, we started giving people, here's a year's worth of dates that we have. 
Um, but when we first started, it was always kind of booked month to month. It was never a case of like... Yeah, as a wrestler, there was always some companies you kind of prioritised. And like those Orpington shows were like, you know, if you had... If you had... So so I'd, this isn't that important, but I can remember being driving to an Orpington, getting a phone call from Phil Powers saying can you get to Dover in the next couple of hours or wherever you get the ferry across because he was taking the ring to do a 10-day tour with Oreg Williams. And I knew those tours were like massive. We're talking like, I mean, not 10,000 people a night, but like 2,000 people a night. There'd be 800 people a night. Like they, It was just packed and busy because Eamon was on them. And he phoned me up, Phil phoned me up going, oh, come do a, come on Oreg's tour. And I was like, I'd love to, but I've got this one show today. And of course, his reaction you know, he couldn't believe I was turning down like 10 days of other shows to do one. But my point is, the IPW shows were always ones that no matter what the date was, you'd always make sure you were and there. I think that that's also because I think they were the first shows really that had any kind of actual episodic wrestling. So like in terms of like... They were regular so enough yeah. to have episodic wrestling, and yeah. Yeah, but we... And again, I, I talk about the shows I used to go to when I was a child, but you used to have episodic wrestling, but it would be like... Next time we're here, we're going to have a street fight. Next time we're mm-hmm. here, we're going to have a lumberjack match. But Next that time might be a here. month or six months. And, uh, or yeah, so like they they tr- like a few of them they tried to do monthly and it didn't really work. And then it came every other month. Some were like irregular, like once every, you know, that'd be like, we're going to be back every month. Yeah. But then like, you wouldn't find anything out about the date and you'd be looking in the local, I'd look in the local paper all the time to try and find out when the next show is. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they wouldn't be for six months, you know, like you do all of a sudden it would pop up again. Um, the only consistent, like so the only consistent storyline I actually remember that actually followed through was a Robbie Brookside and Drew McDonald storyline where they did a singles match. Um, how, they definitely f- did a lumberjack match in it and they definitely did a street fight in it. Okay. Um, in a series of matches and that was at the South End Tennis and Leisure Centre. Um, but a lot of time you'd get challenges of matches which just never happen you know that was um, kind of like a running joke when I first died it was like you know so, like, you look back in almost horror and you wonder how the British wrestling scene survived yeah because and, and like I, and genuinely I would go and I'd be like oh I can't wait to see Robbie Brookside versus Drew McDonald in a hardcore match or whatever yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean uh-huh. but like yeah and like there's times I'd be like oh there's going to be a tag match this time and there just wasn't mm-hmm. you know or those guys wouldn't even be on the show yeah that's my point you know? yeah because obviously yeah. they like to be, it's probably, it certainly wasn't the wrestlers' fault. Do you know what I mean? They'd, they'd be out working for Scott Conway, or they'd be out working for Ryan Dixon. It's just like the mate, dates didn't match up, and it just never seemed a priority. Yeah, I think like the 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 small amount of shows I did for Scott Conway, I think he did his best to actually deliver. But I don't know about yeah, Dixon. I, I don't think. know. But like, yeah, and I mean, I think the, the ones where it, which delivered were actually Rumble promotions, um, right? So Steve Barker. Yeah. Um. So they they were the ones where there was. Normally, the they'd follow up they'd on it. Follow up yeah. on. Oh, I think it was him anyway. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, the, b- the point I was making was, uh, we, yeah, with the uh, yeah with the IPW shows, they were the first shows to really, you know, and it was it was working. It was it was learning from FWA. So like FWA tried to have storylines, but then they'd just do stuff like, I don't know. So like Alex Shane turned heel on Ulf Herman, and then we never saw Ulf Herman ever again. Right? Yeah. Um, what other storylines? There was like the Nikita. Nikita bounty on her head angle. Yeah. Which the, went nowhere. The knights in fighting. Um, Do you remember the Roy and Zebra Kid yeah. and Ricky Knight? They had a match against each other, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, but it was just a really one match yeah, and then Zach got involved. I think little no- Zach got kicked in the face. And, like, it's all these good ideas, but nothing was never, ever consistent. Never followed up on. Danny Williams. That was the biggest one, Danny wasn't Williams, it? yeah. That was a huge one, yeah. 
again in the, on the topic, keeping to the topic of Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Um, who, yeah, but um, yeah, FWA always had those stories. But with IPW, we tried to obviously follow the stories through. And it's funny because I always remember like it. The it, again, it, it's a, you can sit back and look at it with hindsight. But I thought, felt like I knew it had all the answers at the time. But like FWA was always uh, would always say their excuse would be like, well, you see, the the problem is FWA has all these their their unique thing was that they had imports come in the first promotion to use in indie imports which they were um, they said but now the issue is you can go to an ipw and you can see the same indie imports that fwa was charging 50 quid for but you can see them for like 20 quid or whatever, you know whatever the price yeah. was um which there, there is some logic to that argument however i was like that's kind of overlooking it's kind of papering over the cracks do you know what i mean it's overlooking the fact that well, because I always said, like, well, we used guys who FWA should have been using and pushing at the time, you know, like your Spuds, Jack Storms, Martin Stones, Leroy Kincaids. Um, you know, we certainly did a better job with you without the Butler gear than they did without with you without the Butler gear, you know. Um, and I look at look at that and um, and also the fact that, well, we kind of did storylines, but we actually consistently followed them yeah, through yeah, yeah, yeah. you know every story had a you know there were the odd ones which probably went off and didn't have a conclusion for reasons but like you know nine out of ten storylines like all jake. followed through to a that conclusion. funny american lad jake jake yeah just i do jake. remember <laughs> that, it wasn't that funny i wonder what he's doing with his life these yeah. days just an american called jake i wrestled him once so i thought he was the best yeah and i said oh he's actually really good and i wrestled him again he was yeah i remember yeah. not yeah yeah but then he got himself over didn't he he was uh, Tom McGee, and I was yeah. Brett Hitman Hart. Video tape just does not exist. <laughs> um, so yeah, I remember Jake. Yeah, I wonder what. No one else will. So let's move on. He's probably like a WWE superstar now. <laughs> yeah, we just don't yeah, know who knows who he is? Yeah, yeah. CM Punk. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, he could be anyone, couldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Those are the times. The good old days. Never going to get those back, are we? So, well, not if you don't try hard. I think this conversation stemmed on the fact that you want to do storylines in Southampton, didn't it? So, there you well, go. It is. Yeah. That's an opportunity. But like, uh, yeah, I do, and I do, and but like, we need to. It's kind of almost like we need to, we need to get the the numbers there to make it viable to run those regular shows. That's a, mm. you know, it's a chicken and egg thing, isn't it? You know. Yeah. True. Um, but we'll. See, I guess we'll see what happens. But there's a few new areas we're venturing into in 2019. So. Um, who knows what's gonna, you know, what's gonna stick and what's not, you know? Um, who would have thought the cockpit would have become? That's yeah, true. Yeah. You know, a regular venue for. How many times did you like run the rock cockpit in your first year? I can't remember. Four, five. Not many. No. Like, you know, we've only been doing it. This is the third year where we've done it monthly. So coming up, so yeah. we've done this is so this is the second year of monthly shows. This is a so next year will be the third the year third, we're doing yeah. it monthly. Um, and it wasn't until we started running the shows monthly that the show started selling out. I'm not sure what, you know, again, but they, the shows always did all right. There was one show which didn't do so well, um, which we did on a Saturday in early September, I believe. Um, it was just a random Saturday, Saturday show and uh, yeah, it didn't do so well. Um, aside from that, all the shows did okay. Um, some came close to start selling out, maybe one or two sold out, but it wasn't until we started going, doing those monthly shows where it started selling out. So I'm not sure if that's because of that consistency and regularity. Be, yeah. Sometimes you have to um, kind of 
put it up, don't you? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. right, we've got 12 Sundays in Southampton, the second but Sunday. I, don't, like, but I just don't think, I think that, like, I, I think we need to, like, I would, that's what I would like to do. And I think we've got, we have got six shows penciled in for next year um, with, with the idea of trying to get the consistency a little bit more regularly. But we need to draw higher numbers to commit to, you know, this is... Yeah, you know, this is what we're going to do. Need to be able to prove on. you can sell it out yeah, before. Absolutely, do it once and then go yeah. from there. Yeah, oh, that's fair enough. Um, but that's kind of the way I am. I d- yeah, I'd rather walk before I can run. Sure, you know, um, and I think that it's one of those things as well, isn't it? Because I I personally believe, it, you know, I want to be doing this. I want to be running shows all the time. Ideally, I mean, like I d- wrestling is my full time job, um, but like. You know, in an ideal world, I'd like to make it a full-time job for all the wrestlers as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so to, but to do that, we obviously have to run regular shows. Um, and it's almost like a case of we could go to bigger buildings, which probably would... Because, again, there's always that argument, isn't there? Like, if you run a wrestling show in a... If I run a wrestling show in York Hall, I'm automatically going to get more peop- more fans to York Hall than if I were to run it in Bethnal Green Community Centre, yeah, for yeah. argument's sake. Yeah, yeah, know. of course. Um, it's just a, a natural thing because of perception. So, you know, if I ran a show in a in a bigger venue, that would it would that draw more fans? But then, the, when you run a bigger venue, the risk is all that much higher. So, it's a you just hope that you're you right. Know, I hope I do a, get more people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a, but it's a but it's a catch twenty two situation when you go into new areas, isn't it? What size what size venue do you go for? Um, but I strongly believe in if I can just you know like. I, I kind of it's almost like I want to try and prove the markets before we go to the bigger venues so like for example we might go to um, I think it's a Southampton's a terrible example because we started off selling out the Southampton Guildhall and then having a horrible experience there um, but then like uh, with Southampton so we know there's like a, a base of fans in Southampton but like for example with Southampton if we were to then look at we had forget about the Guildhall experience if we were to look at Southampton and say well if we sell out the 1865 consistently, then we can do our, do a big show a couple of times a year at the Guildhall. Or is it a case of we do the big shows at the Guildhall and then because of the big shows in the Guildhall, do the, the little, little shows, shows in Southampton. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, what what comes first? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, so well, maybe 2020 you have to give it where your mouth is. Yeah. Yeah. See how well the sport does in Southampton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people tweeting about it, actually. Oh, Linsky. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Cool. What else, what else you got? You anything else for me? I don't think so. No, we've got tomorrow. Neville is back. Oh, that's it. That's something. Also, Pack is back. To, yeah, Pack is back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to seeing him. Um, I wonder if he'll remember me. I hope not. <laughs> That'd be funny, wouldn't it? There was a time, I don't know, five or six years ago, me and Linsky went up to a WWE house show in London. Mm. And Linsky's quite pally with, I won't name him, just one of the guys who puts for WWE. And I was sat watching the show and Linsky disappeared for hours. Like I say hours, about an hour and a half or so. I'm just sat there watching the show on my own. And all of a sudden Linsky comes up and he throws this backstage pass thing at me. He goes, come on, we're going backstage. Well, I, I couldn't imagine anything worse. Right. <laughs> and I, I ummed and ahed about it and I thought, do I do this? Do, I, do you know what I mean? Like I just didn't want to be like the... Who's the Mark walking around, do you know what I mean? Yeah. With his backstage pass on. And I'm sure you wouldn't be seen like that, but it's just that thought in your mind, isn't it? The, right. The kind of eternal struggle of, uh, 
Like, because we see people backstage. I don't want to get thrown out. How embarrassing, you well, know? No, well, you, we've got a backstage no, I pass, know, you're fine. Like, but yeah, yeah, but still it was like, oh, do I need, do I want, like, I was grateful we'd done it. And, and actually, that's when I reconnected with PJ, for the PJ Black, for the first time in ages. Um, and uh, and anyway, uh, to my gag about Neville, go, will he remember me? I bumped into Drew McIntyre. He was doing 3MB at the time. And we had a little chat and everything. It was actually really nice. I thought, oh, you know, it's not like they're thick and... Do you know what I mean? When they go to him, well, the bad experience I had with Paul Birchall, we didn't want to talk to anyone. I kind of assumed no one would want to talk to me. But um, it was actually quite refreshing. <laughs> Everyone was quite welcoming and nice. And I got to watch the main event. What was it? John Cena and Alberto Del Rio. Uh, I was watching it from the aisle, sat on a chair, right by where the music system was. And then Titus O'Neil got, he's huge, <laughs> he's massive, just got a chair sat right in front of me. Really? So I was just like, oh, I'll just go now. You should <laughs> pick your chair up and move it in front of him. <laughs> I should have done, I? Like, further and further down the aisle. Or just sat next to him, moved yeah. in next to him. <laughs> yeah. Don't know why I didn't do that. Sorry, sir, you're blocking my view, can we? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to swap places here? Yeah. You're like six foot 12. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so hopefully he doesn't remember you anyway. That'd be funny, wouldn't That'd it? That'd be funny, wouldn't it? Yeah. Will, I'm sure. I'm sure he, yeah. I'm sure he listens to the podcast, if anything. So Of course he does. Who doesn't? Yeah. All right, we should wrap it up there because I'm absolutely starving and training starts in an hour, so I need to get some food. All right, well, thanks for joining us. I think it's probably been the worst episode of the podcast we've ever had. What a terrible thing to say because I've actually thought that before and I go back and listen to it, I quite enjoy it. So that's just, that's not good. Uh, you know, if someone says, someone's listening to this and someone said, Oh, do you listen to Andy's podcast? And they're like, Yeah, but he said it's the worst one they've ever done, so I probably don't bother listening to it. Okay, well. I hope I'm I hope I'm pleasantly surprised at the end of this podcast. And I think next week we'll go back to definitely having topics. Yeah. Yeah. Is well we were right? kind of banking on an interview, weren't we, <laughs> that we never got, so Oh yeah. Yeah. But never mind. But we get by with a little help from our but friends. But we've got a lot of people on the show tomorrow, maybe we'll try and get on tomorrow. Yeah, that'd be good. But yeah. I've got a few we've got a few topics we can talk about. So yeah. um we move we move we're steamroller forward with topics and we try not to upset anyone. Yeah whilst we're at it but anyway thanks everyone for yeah listening. thanks for listening don't forget to follow me on Twitter B-O-Y-S-I-M-M-O-N-Z and Instagram I'm getting back into Instagram a bit uh, B-O-Y-S-I-M-M-O-N-Z 1984 and I'd also like to plug my Pro Wrestling Tees oh just give in okay <laughs> so it's 20% off and it's Black Friday sale so, um, what a horrible attitude to have. Just give in. <laughs> uh, who might say that about you, mate? Uh, I'm going to find the link. It's obviously www.prowrestlingtees. Forward slash pillar. Forward slash pillar. P-I-L-L-A-R. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'll give a good shout out to my good friend, Mr. Kevin Kelly, who is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash destine o o. O O O. I believe there's one, two, three, six O's on the end of Destine. Oh. Cool. Get that, everyone. And can I plug my stuff now? Yeah, when are you ready? Well, I'm just making sure. If you're talking about Black Friday sales, you want to look at the best Black Friday sale in the business, try shoprevpro.com. S H O P R E V P R O dot com. C O M. So uh, we've got 10% off everything. This uh, is from today through to the 26th, I think. Is that right? Would it be 26th? Maybe. Um, I don't know it's your sale. Okay, sorry, mate. 10% off everything, including New Japan Pro Wrestling T-shirts. You spend uh, £100, you get a free tote bag with your order. You spend £75, it's free shipping for everything. 
spends a hundred pounds. Not just you get free shipping, you also get a free tote bag. Um, the first fifty orders get a DVD, a free DVD. You spend one hundred and fifty pounds. Not only do you get free shipping if you're in the first fifty orders, you get a DVD. You not only do you get a tote bag, you also get a free T-shirt. And you spend over the next amount of money up wherever I was at. What did I say? 175, you spend 175 pounds, you get an extra 10% off if you use the code BLACKFRIDAY10, giving you a total of 20% off your order, plus a t-shirt, plus a tote bag, plus a DVD if you're in the first 50 orders. That, to me, my friend Andy Boy Simmons, seems like a cracking deal. That is a, a hell of a deal. So make sure you get yourself over to uh, shoprevpro.com. Check me out on Twitter at A-Q-U-I-L-D-A-N. Um, and I'm not doing the Instagram thing. I'm going to try and get back into it one day. Um, but I'm trying with the RevPro Instagram. If anyone's seen that, at Rev Pro UK on Instagram. I'm trying to get that up and moving and rolling. Um, I think I'm going to try LinkedIn, Andy, as well. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn, Andy Quilden. Um, I'm going to give it a go over the next couple of weeks, see what I should be doing. If, if anyone's got any LinkedIn tips and pieces of advice, then uh, just let me know. Okay, thanks everyone for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please tweet. Please let us know. Feedback, let us know. Um, and yeah, we'll speak to you again with a real topic and real substance next week. Get out what you put in. Here's some advice for yourself there. Get off your phone. Bye.